So you got your mocha all ready to go. Yeah, well, to at least pick it apart. <laughs> it's Good morning, here. everybody. Buongiorno, and uh, welcome to another lovely day here on Adventures with Sarah. Today, I am being joined for a little kind of uh, coffee chat, not the coffee chat I do Mondays. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be doing that with my friend Trish Feaster, but today, I'm joined by Coral Sisk in Florence. Buongiorno, Coral. Ciao, buonasera. Now that we're, <laughs> I mean, now we're on different time zones. So. I know it's so weird, but oh well, it is what it is. So uh, today, um, we thought we would talk a little bit about coffee. Um, I know I showed you guys when I left Italy that I bought all kinds of coffee, <laughs> and uh, I thought that, that Coral and I could talk a little bit um, with you guys about uh, Italian coffee traditions and also you know, what good Italian coffee is. So Coral, what you got there to show us about Italian coffee? All right, so I'm also from Seattle-ish. And when I say ish, because like many of us from Seattle, like weren't quite born in Seattle, but call Seattle our hometown. And uh, while, you know, during my time living in Seattle, before I moved to Italy, uh, I developed a addiction or obsession with coffee, as you all know, for those of you who are in Seattle or have been to Seattle, we take our, our coffee quite seriously, almost as seriously as Italians, as I like to joke. Um, I remember like, uh, I, I moved to Seattle when I was in high school and I remember like my first day at high school, like going and seeing there's like an espresso stand and I had like my first espresso as a teenager in high school, I was like, whoa, what is this? And I was hooked ever since. Um, so as you probably know, for those of you who are watching, especially if you're in the States, like we have so many different ways to coffee. And in Italy, they generally focus on espresso, which is like, um, you know, the espresso machine uh, that they, you know, they tamp the ground coffee in and it's a highly pressured hot water system that extracts the coffee through into a little tiny shot glass. And it's very, very concentrated. Doesn't it, um, just bother, doesn't it bother you just as, as a, a side note? I remember the same thing when I was in high school because my high school had an espresso stand and I was uh, one of the managers of the student store and we made a fortune off of that espresso machine. And looking back on that, that was like the early 90s when that was kind of new. Can you believe they were selling coffee to, to kids? <laughs> I know, I know. I remember being like, I remember the feeling. It was like I like took drugs for the first time or something. Oh, um, I, yeah, and it was. Yeah, I mean, mocha, it's like, so much I got, yeah. yeah, I got like a mocha. I remember so it was like full of like chocolate syrup or whatever and milk and just, oh my gosh. And then the standard in the US is like double shots. Yeah, so it's like, is it, yeah, only in high schools in Seattle would they like actually allow, I, do they, I wonder if they allow it these days. I don't know, but yeah, I can't, I don't think so. Actually, I should ask my son, but I don't think there's an, uh, an espresso cart there. But man, our espresso cart made so much money; it was ridiculous. So anyway, just as an aside, what a strange time to be to be in high school in the '90s yeah. in Seattle when there was an espresso machine at the door of the high school. Right. And I was in I was in 2000s, like early 2000s. So like so still, I mean, yeah. I wonder if that changed. It wasn't that long, much long ago. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, like, so, and also the word espresso, a lot, I hear people say espresso, it's espresso, not to be pedantic or anything, but there's a reason because espresso means fast. So typically the culture is that you go to the coffee bar 
um, you, you know, the bar also has alcohol, but it's typically a coffee bar and you go and you stand, you get a shot of espresso, you, you sling it back and you go about your day because it's a fast and furious sort of a consumption to get your caffeine infusion uh, for the day or in between meals. Um, but what I like to, to, to mention is the at-home contraption that Italians will have and it's la mocha. Do you have a mocha, uh, uh, Sarah? I do I actually. Do. Yeah. Yep, I have two. I have a mocha that I bought when I was on vacation in Sicily in the summertime, just a regular one. And then I have the mocha, which is the one that makes the cappuccino. Ah, okay, that's cute. And is it like a cow uh, design too? Mine is silver, but yeah, the ones you can get, they they actually look like a cow. They're very cool because really um, you put the, the milk in the top and there's a gasket and then the gasket steams the milk. So you get, it's not exactly a cappuccino, but it uh, mimics sure. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, this isn't, so this is the way Italians do espresso at home, but technically it's not an espresso. It's like a thing of it in itself. It's like la mocha. Um, and so for those of you, so Sarah was showing all the coffees that she got. Those are ground, especially for mocha because the ground is like a, a bit finer uh, for the mocha uh, because there's not as much pressure like for the mocha compared to the espresso machine. So it has to be finer in order to get the extraction. And then it's a lot more diluted with water than like the espresso that you get at the Italian coffee bar. Like, I'm sure you noticed that too. Yeah. Um, but I really like, I mean, when you were here, we went to like a third wave uh, coffee bar because like Italy has very much like the culture of, of coffee consumption. Uh, whereas like, I feel like in Seattle, it's more quality driven, like third wave where like there's an emphasis on like craft roasteries and stuff. But I do feel like in Florence, they're starting to become a huge emphasis on like quality driven. And the, the bag that I have here is, um, it's a single origin um, mocha ground uh, coffee from Cafe Pianza, which is one of the like first craft roasteries in Florence. And it's from Ethiopia, which is the birthplace of coffee. So um, that's like one of, so, you know, I mentioned to you before, like, um, so I, for those of you who are like meeting me for the first time, uh, I do food and drink tours in Florence. And so, uh, of course, with, uh, you know, COVID affecting, you know, travel uh, boundaries and borders, we are now doing online experiences. And so one of those is an Italian, like a virtual Italian barista course. And we, we do this collaborating with an expert barista in Florence who is a master uh, trainer, uh, expert, and um, all-around coffee expert. Uh, it's, she's highly regarded in the world of coffee in Italy, and sh she taught me a lot about like provenances and like the differences of coffee between like that it comes from Ethiopia or that comes from South America. Um, so if like if any of you are curious to learn like more about like provenance of coffee, um, coffee history, I highly. Uh, um, encourage you to sign up for the course. So like one of the things that she taught me, cause I'm like a huge coffee enthusiast, you know, again, coming from Seattle. So just to like, you know, undo this. She also goes into the history of the mocha, which is really interesting. Um, it was invented in 1933 by an Italian engineer. Um, last name was Bialetti, which is like the trademark brand of like most of the mochas you see. I have a off-brand one because I'm, um, I like the stainless steel um, mochas and the Bialetti tends to be aluminum based. Uh, I feel like they're a little bit easier to clean and upkeep when they're stainless steel. So anyways, there's these three pieces. This is where you put the water and you generally like fill it up to here. 
then you put the 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 mocha ground coffee in here so and it has fill to it be up to the gasket but do you go above the gasket or it has to be below the no. gasket I that like little, that little thing there. Yeah. That. Yeah. I tend to do it like right, right, right below, like yeah, yeah right below, or maybe like a, like a, a, a smidgen, but, but I would never go over because it would overfill it. Okay. Uh, and then if I'm doing a half one, because this one is good for, they say four, but I think it's really good for two. Um, <laughs> so like it's technically a four cup mocha. So then what I do, I don't know if you can see here, but there's this line. So I fill up the um the mocha to this to this line if i'm only doing it for myself if i have no one else here and then i just fill up like halfway and if i like because a lot of the times you can get like a mocha for one um but i just have this one for four and so um then you have this part of course that like so once you have the water the espresso i'm sorry the mocha coffee uh then you you know, you need to do it really, really, really tight because when you put on, what you're gonna do is put on the stove and then the hot water then comes through, let me show you, comes through this little thing and then it extracts the, the coffee. So you need to make sure it's really tight. Otherwise it's gonna splatter everywhere. Um, and so uh, I, there's a couple tricks that, you know, every Italian has for like the best mocha uh, Jessica, who is the master barista who does the online virtual uh, coffee class, um, she, uh, one of her tricks that she taught me, which I'll share with you, uh, I normally don't, <laughs> but it's a little simple trick, but is to use hot water. So like boil some water before putting it in the mocha, because that will help to reduce some of the bitterness of the coffee. Oh, um, yeah. Idea. Yeah. I never thought of that before. Um, and that's something that she taught me. Um, and then once it's then i don't like to have it on super high heat again like because then i don't want to burn the coffee either but that's like my my thing so then uh when it's starting to come out then i lower the heat just a little bit and let it come out like a little bit slower to have like a slower extraction and again for me that translates into like a less bitter coffee and it's smoother and ever since i took this i mean uh, again, like I, I love coffee. I'm no expert by any means, but I work with experts like for our food and drink experiences, whether they're online or in person. And ever since I took the, like the class with, with Jessica, like I don't put sugar in my, my mocha anymore. Um, I focus on the high quality sourcing of the coffee and then the technique. And it's just really, really enjoyable on its own. Like, and I've always drinking it with like some milk or with some sugar. So anyways, I thought that would be interesting. Yeah, well, in this summer when I was on vacation, um, we, I, they didn't have a good uh, espresso pot in the house. It was, it didn't work. So I had to go out and buy one, but I bought kind of a bigger one. I, I have a smaller one just for, just like you have, but I bought a bigger one. And what I ended up doing was making coffee before I went to bed actually, and filling up the, the doing it all the way. So it was like a six cup mocha, I think. Yeah. Putting that into a pitcher in the fridge. Uh, and in the morning, because it was warm, having yeah. uh, coffee nice. with milk and that was actually really good and it's sort of nice i love rolling out of bed and having coffee already made uh so that was a really nice summer way to enjoy the the mocha was just do it before you go to bed oh nice oh almond milk it's really good that's like a classic southern italian thing anyways is that they have like the cold coffee with with almond milk well, and almond milk, I was, I thought I'd, I'd go and get some when I was here because my kids like almond milk anyway, but boy, the almond milk in Sicily is a lot better. <laughs> it's not oh so Oh my good. God, it's another world. 
it oh. is. It's something different. I mean, it's I don't I don't know how to explain it, but it actually tastes like almonds and it's yes. like a thousand times better than what you yeah. Eat. I don't know oh, why. Totally. Well, because like the, the variety of the almonds that they they grow down there are a little bit sweeter, and the California almonds are a little bit more bitter. Um, so like I can always tell. Like it's strange. Like in Italy, they sell in the grocery stores they sell the California almonds, and you can tell because they're they're rounder. Like they have a bigger belly almost. Um, yeah. And then the Italian ones or the Sicilian ones are flat. And they tend to be sweeter. So I, th I think it's just because of that. Well, and that was the thing I, that I laughed about that I took a bag full of nuts just as a stack to have in my bag. And I, I had them out, you know, on the table and my Sicilian peoples were eating them going, wow, these are really good. And I'm like, you live in a place with really good almonds. <laughs> but they were remarking because for them, it's just different. You know, it's a different yeah. thing what they're used to. So I think we always like what's a little bit um, exotic. So yeah, yeah and totally. So these are the, the coffees that I have. I don't know if you can comment at all on like these different kinds, but like I know that my friend Alfredo loves this one called Kimbo. So each city has one that yeah. they're kind of known for. So this is the Neapolitan one. What is the one that's that's known in Rome? And Florence. What are the ones from each city? Do you know? Well, uh, first, that's what a good. That's a really good question. Um, because I I think because with my friends in Florence, we all kind of like we kind of try to go to the specialty places oh, that okay. they like. Pianza is a big deal um, to Florentines, but the more because that's like a bigger brand. Kimbo's like a like a respected one. Oh my God, like, well, of course there's Lavazza, mm -hmm. um, but it's not from Florence or anything. Uh, there's this, oh, there's one I can't remember the name, I'll have to give it to you later, but there is like a, another um, roastery, it's like Mocha something. I have these ones here. So these, this is just what I got. I went for like a sampler because I thought it'd be fun to yeah. try some different ones. So I got um, this one here, which is uh, Trombetta. Oh, okay. uh, and this one is, is Rome, it looks like. Um, and then I got Palombini, which I don't know where Palombini is from. Um, and then Kimbo, which is Naples. And then Segafredo, which is the other one that I- uh, Oh yeah, that's probably one. Those are like more, okay. So the ones oh. that you have are very classic brands, right? Like they're, uh, they're big companies and they source like beans from all around the world and they're not like single origin or anything. Uh, but they, they focus more on like the, like the very typical flavor profile that Italians are used to, especially like beyond like the third wave or a craft coffee, because the mocha tends to be with those brands really bold and really dark because they really, they roast them really dark. Like it's a really dark roast before um, they like, they mix it. So it's a really, like really, really strong, like dark, deep, rich coffee. The ones that you have, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. And they're probably mostly like probably an emphasis on Robusta, which has higher caffeine. Um, yeah, and I, I got a variety of them, but they're all they're all uh, Arabica though, right? That's kind of the traditional Italian one or, or what do you think is normal? Well, I mean, they usually do a blend. So Arab, there's Arabica Robusta. Arabica is a more expensive one from what I understand. And it's more like delicate um it doesn't grow as much so it's a little bit more rare compared to robusta and robusta has higher caffeine and it's like bolder in flavor and it grows more um it, it, it like it's more prolific in terms of it's like easier to grow and it has like from what i remember reading once and i have you know correct me if i'm wrong anybody out there that's like a super super coffee expert is that it has a natural 
like pesticide effect. And so they, so it's also very sturdy in agriculture, like in agricultural terms, because it has natural resistance in the fields. So, and I think because it has a higher caffeine amount. Um, so like they tend to use more robusta. So it's like usually a blend, like half and half, or maybe they're using more just because it's like a, a cost thing. Because that bag, I imagine, how much did you pay for, do you remember? Oh, these were all pretty inexpensive. It sort of depends. Um, I think that these were like maybe seven euros for two blocks of it. Um, these ones here actually, okay. the Aleti store actually, because I needed to get a piece yeah. from my uh, mocha, my mocha. And um, these were three euros a piece. Yeah, okay. So yeah. this one, I can't, I don't remember how, it was 250 grams, which is, so three, 100 grams, about three ounces. So let's say it's like seven ounces of coffee or maybe eight ounces. This was like seven euros. So it's like double. Um, and it's like single origin. Um, it, let me see. And it's like, it grows at like 2000 meters above um, sea level. Um, I don't know where it's, if it's, I believe that, and I believe it's Arabica uh, from Ethiopia. And it's like a, a um, this, it's like a special series um, of coffee that grows there and they like source direct from the growers. So that just gives you an idea too. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is uh, all Arabica. So, I mean, apart from... Sure. So, so yeah. people who are, um, are visiting Italy, I mean, typically when, when I go to Italy, I just go into a cafe and they just make yeah. coffee that they make. Yeah. Are there places that you can go in Florence where you can taste different kinds of coffee? I know in, in, yeah. in Palermo, for example, there is a place in Palermo um, that uh, is, uh, it's called Cafe Stin, uh, oh, Stinita, which is really close to uh, uh, Piazza Bellini, where you see the Fountain of Shame, there's a place there that they actually have like a, a tasting bar. You can go in yeah. and they have like a dozen different varieties and they tell you about each kind and you can read the background on each one so you can kind of compare and contrast. So I know that I've seen that in Palermo, but I don't know that I've seen that other places. Is there a place like that in Florence? Yeah, there's there's a couple. So Dita Artigianale is like, and this is where Jessica, the barista we work with was she helped open Dito Artigianale, which was the first third wave coffee bar, specialty coffee in Florence. And they, they do like classes and like in tastings in person. Um, I think you have to organize it though. But then the other place where you don't, it's like you don't have to organize as much, it's called Chiaroscuro. And they have at their bar, um, I posted a, I posted a picture of it in my, in my Instagram page. So like I, the picture has like, it shows you like all of the coffee uh, canisters that they grind from. So if you want like, oh, I want this one from Indonesia or I want this one from Mexico or I want this like this uh, Kopi uh, Luwak, which is, we can talk about that if you want, but um, that's another specialty coffee from Indonesia. Like you can pick your bean and they, and they roast it, they grind it there and they have little cards if you want to read up on it. So yeah. Chiaroscuro, which is like near Piazza della Repubblica. So That's I always recommend that. I, I love, I always pop in there for Oh, ah, okay. So you've I been there, that. yeah. They have a great uh, Epericena kind of thing also. So yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a great spot. Yeah, I didn't know that you could do the coffee there though like that. That's really cool. You could actually do sort of like a compare and contrast sort of thing. So when yeah. people are trying different kinds of coffee like that, if you're trying um, maybe two or three different varieties, I'm not entirely sure like what I would even, I mean, I know how to do a wine tasting. 
how would you go about doing a coffee tasting? Oh, I mean, it's, I would say again, um, similar to like to you where I would probably take the approach with the wine tasting. I'd like I'd smell it and like take like olive oil tasting almost where you take like a little like sip and like, you know, and like make sure it gets all over your palate to like see if you're, you know, what you're tasting in between. But it's really hard because coffee also kind of kills your palate at the same time. So you have to have a very, very trained and attuned palate in order to, to, to taste the differences. Um, if they're from wildly different regions and if they're wildly different blends, like percentage wise for Robusta uh, Arabica, I'm sure you can tell. Uh, but if, it, if you're like trying to get the nuances, you know, between same blends, but it's just like a different area elevation and a variety, uh, then you have to be like a coffee expert, I think. To, so I guess what you could do if you wanted to try something like this in your own home is to maybe go to the store, buy two or three or four different kinds that are different types of beans. And if you have a, a, mo a, mo a mocha, not mocha, but a mocha is a great way to do it because then yeah. you have just a little bit, but it's made the same every time. So yeah. you could potentially do that and then you could kind of try each yeah. one. I wonder what you'd have to have in between, maybe like a piece of cheese or something. Oh, sparkling water. Sparkling water. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that will create a lot of the acidity to wash wash away. That's what they do. Like I'm sure you've noticed in Naples, they always serve like a. Yeah. Well, they they serve it as like a hydration thing because it's like coffee dehydrates you, but it's also as like a palate refresher. So I'd say sparkling water. But again, I have to ask Jessica. Like I'm sure that she has all of that intel about how to keep your palate refreshed during a tasting. So if you want to become an expert about uh, coffee like this, which I do, I may, I may join you guys who will see, but uh, you're going to be doing your class what day on Tuesday, you said? Yeah, this Tuesday. And it's uh, 11, 11 a.m. Pacific Coast time and 2 p.m. East Coast time. And it's 8 p.m. Italy time, basically. Um, so you just check your time zone. And if it works for you, it'd be awesome. Take a little coffee break. So what is, what does the class uh, consist of? What are you guys going to do? Yeah. So we go, so Jessica um, goes over the, the history of coffee, um, Italian coffee culture, um, kind of, you know, interesting uh, cultural tidbits like the cafe sospeso, which is the act of like donating a coffee to, you know, the next person who comes in um, who might not be able to afford a coffee, which was like born during world war II in Naples. Um, and then, yeah, so it's kind of like part theoretical and then part practical. And then the, then she talks about all the different ways that you can make coffee. So like from the, the mocha to like pour over and, and French press, and then, then you all make a mocha together. And then she tells you all like what I had mentioned about the hot water, like other things like that, that will help optimize, optimize your, uh, or make an optimal like cup at home. So kind of full circle where you all make uh, coffee together after like charting the history, the history of like these gadgets too. So you learn like where they, you know, they come from, who, who made them, uh, also with the French press uh, and the espresso machine. Yeah, so I'd say it's pretty full, full spectrum. Cool, so if you wanna um, check out Coral's uh, live virtual tour, I guess you could call it a course on coffee making, uh, you can go and check out her website at uh, curiousappetite.com. You've got a bunch oh, of- Oh, sorry, curiousappetitetravel.com. Curiousappetitetravel.com. And you've got a bunch of other cool stuff coming up, I think, right? Yeah, um, so this course is held once a month. So we have um, like different themes once a month. Uh, I don't know what the next one is, but like 
We have another thing that's like uh, Italian cheese and wine pairing with a sommelier, um, a um, Renaissance food history with a food historian. So every week there's a different theme. And then we also have like a virtual mixology class with like a mixologist in Florence as well at the bar. Um, so, I mean, every, every week is like food and drink theme with some history mixed in. Well, and I think going into the beginning of November, we can all uh, benefit from learning new cocktails. So <laughs> yeah, that one, strangely, I think that one's like October 15th or something, but yeah, it's, it's probably perfectly timed, like right before the elections. I didn't even make it like that it just happened to be so, but um, <laughs> all of the tickets are, so yeah, the web, I'm um, sorry, all of the listings are on our website. If you go to like virtual events and tickets have to be purchased in advance to Eventbrite, but they all, all of the classes that are listed on my website, then link to the Eventbrite page for you to get tickets with the dates and all that. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little thank bit you. of your knowledge of coffee. Uh, I have a passion for coffee, as you know, and it's still morning. So I'm going to go break out the, the mooka. Now that I got, I got a replacement piece. Oh, and here's an interesting thing. In the U.S. on Amazon, the mo the Mucha, the cappuccino maker, is like a hundred and some dollars. It was like forty nine euros at the Bialetti store in Rome. Uh, and yeah. I got my Luca lost the the gasket on top when he was washing it, and so I went and got a new one, and it was like sixty dollars on Amazon here. What? But I got it. Yeah, I know. I got the replacement part in Rome for like. I think it was less than 10 euros. So I'm yeah. very happy today because my Luca has been uh, archived since the summertime we, uh, when we went camping. So yeah, awesome. back to cappuccinos. So um, it is great to see you, Coral. And you hopefully you and I can get together and chat again, maybe about some food or wine later on. So let's get something on the schedule because uh, you're, you're my, my on the ground expert on Italian food in Florence. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, it's good chatting with you. Wish you were here. Yeah, I know. I hope to come back. We'll see what happens. So I'm, I'm going to cross my fingers that I'll see you live uh, sooner rather than later. Thank you everybody for joining me this morning to talk about uh, coffee. And again, this is uh, my friend Coral Sisk. She's in Florence. She runs Curious Appetite. It's a website that uh, discusses all kinds of food topics. Uh, she's also a, a travel writer and a food writer for a bunch of magazines. So you can check her out on social media. And if you want to learn more about coffee, she's got a really cool class coming up on Tuesday. And you never know, I may show up. If I have time, I'd love to, to learn more. So cool. All right. Thanks a lot, Coral. Ciao, Sarah. Ciao. Ciao. Happy Sunday, everybody. Have a great day. I'll see you all back here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time for Coffee Chat. And my guest tomorrow is going to be my, my girlfriend, Trish Feaster, one of my favorite people in the world. And okay. we're going to talk about all kinds of great projects coming up. So we'll see I'm you tomorrow. To catch it too. Okay. Ciao. Ciao.